0: And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have Beth again from Made for TV Podcast. hello there, everybody.
1: Hi, everybody. Hi, John. Thanks for having me back.
0: You're welcome. It's good to have you back again. This is going to be part of our Christmas. This is actually our Christmas episode that we're doing. So I'm excited to be able to do this with you. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to have you back on the show. I do appreciate Thank that. Thank you.
1: Thank um, you.
0: You're very welcome. I, I I always enjoy having you uh, with us. You know so, how
1: much I love to be here, so I'm always happy to be here.
0: It's always a pleasure, and you're always welcome here as well. Hey. So, like we were saying, this is actually going to be our Christmas review for Scrooge. This is this movie came out in 1988. It was actually directed by Richard Donner. And matter of fact, him and Richard. matter of fact, Bill Murray and Richard Donner didn't even get along on the set at all. There was like a lot of drama between the two of them. Really? Yeah. Basically uh this is what happened there was a, like a lot of tension on the set when asked about by a film critic which is Robert Ebert if oh, yeah. he had any disagreements with Donner Murray replied only a few every single moment minute of of the day that could have been really really great movie the script was good there's maybe one take in the final cut um movie that that is mine we made it so fast it was like doing a movie live he kept telling me to do things louder louder I think he was deaf huh that's so, yeah very
1: interesting because well, I I would think that if anybody would describe Bill Murray not being loud enough is is absolutely not a word not, not a way I would think to describe him do you Definitely know what I mean not. and even right. when he's like trying to be sort of quiet and like like i was telling you before we went live that i watched part of caddyshack last night and even when he's kind of doing the scenes where he's sort of mumbling to himself you can still totally understand and hear what he's saying i mean some of it's nonsense but it you can totally hear him so that's 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 interesting
0: yeah most definitely because i here's like we already know him from ghostbusters and things like mm-hmm. that we already know that he has a presence As a matter of fact when we made this movie and everything he wanted to take a break from acting so really? what yeah so basically he was in paris and they got he got approached with the script and he really? said yes
1: yeah that's that's really interesting i didn't know that but it would make sense because he was doing a lot of move i mean the 80s were like a time for him we had like you said ghostbusters and hi brandy <laughs> um let's see there was stripes that was that was, was that 80s or late 70s? It was right around 80s. That's around Ghostbusters, the 80s. yeah. And I think they made at least two of the Ghostbusters were made during the 80s. I think the first one was low, right? Second one was maybe 89 or 90?
0: 90. Uh, okay. Was, uh, so they probably would have
1: filmed it in 89. Um, I'm trying to think of what else that came out. Um, The one with Annie McDowell that I, Groundhog Day.
0: Yeah, that was in um, 93. Oh, gosh. I believe, or something around that area. Not so he was making a lot
1: of movies in a short period of time. He also did that other dramatic one, and I can't think of it, where he played a hiker, uh, and it bombed. It didn't do well, and I wonder if that maybe made him decide to take a break, too. I can't remember the name of that one. Um, darn, can't remember.
0: <laughs> it's all right. But, anyways, the opening of this movie, though, too, reminds me of like an SNL kind of skit
1: mm-hmm. because
0: of the fact he works for this broadcast company. The broadcast company name is IBC. And they're basically trying to come up with some ideas for Christmas. And so it starts off with this commercial for Santa Claus and things like that for Christmas time. And so it happens to be, and all of a sudden you see the elves working, you see Santa working. And then you see the snowmobile, snowmobile pull up. And next thing you know, it's Santa and the elves are getting out. M16 uh, machine guns <laughs> turns into like a complete action movie. But it's completely yeah. um, different than your average Christmas movie. And then the little mini machine gun was actually used in the movie Predator. Oh, really? Well. Cool. That's yeah. very cool. So, you know, he has a little small machine gun. Of course, he was gonna. they were going to go on and shoot up. Santa Claus and everything. Then it goes into the whole entire meeting with Scrooge with uh, Bill Murray's character Frank and basically Frank uh, they don't really care for Frank's ideas Mm-mm. but yet they're afraid of Frank because of the fact that he holds the upper hand in this business because he says what set, what, what goes and what doesn't
1: yeah he's the big boss the other thing I did want to say was that it, I, I like that that sort of opening thing where they had like Lee Majors and Robert Gley I, I like that because it was a real sort of sense of nostalgia because those were they were big stars in the 70s. So by the time they made this movie, but then watching it now, it's almost like nostalgia within nostalgia, because just watching this movie with Bill Murray obviously is nostalgia. I mean, there's a lot of guest stars throughout, but I just thought, oh, Lee, Lee Majors, who is the um, he played the Bionic Man. And I grew up watching that show as well. And I just I love that. I thought that was really clever. It was it was fun.
0: It was definitely fun. And Brandy has a question. Who is your favorite ghost?
1: Oh, oh, without a doubt, Carol Kane. She is, she's one of my favorite actresses anyway. So I just love, I mean, she, she just does some of her best work, I think, in this movie. She obviously got, I think she got her big break on Taxi. I think that's how probably I know who she was. But she's just so awesome and fun and full of life. And I liked. I liked her the most of all of them.
0: To be honest with you, I like her as well. It's just that the other ghost with the taxi cab of, of Ghost of Christmas Past was one of my other favorite ones.
1: David Johansson. Yeah, he yeah. was the um, lead singer for the New York Dolls. Yep. So he, in the 80s, there was a big wave of sort of musicians who become actors. And I think, sorry, I think sort of David Bowie led the way in that sense. But yeah, he, he did a great job
0: too. He, he did. Yep. Um, Then here's another thing that is going on within this broadcast company. Frank is wanting to conduct a live Christmas carol on Christmas Eve, making the staff work throughout the holiday. Frank fires executive Elliot uh, (laughs) out of all the people to stand up for him. It's this little guy named Elliot. (laughs) <laughs> and, he, and he, nobody liked the other advertisement pitch that he had, which was like acid rain. Then you have a couple of other little action sequences <laughs> with terrorists blowing up an airplane and things like that. And then Elliot's like, I don't think this is a good idea, Frank. I think that we shouldn't do this. But you know what, Elliot? I think you're right. I don't think we should do this. He goes, I'm glad that we talked. He goes, I'm glad too, Frank. I'm glad. And then he goes, After he leaves, you need to fire him. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Wait, five minutes. (laughs) Because he said he was going to get back to him in
0: five minutes. (laughs) Right. And then next thing you know, you see Frank over there timing the the security of how long it's going to take them to pack up his stuff and throw him out of the building. Of course, Elliot is just sitting on the steps. And of course, Frank also told him to change the locks because that's what you're supposed to do when you let someone go. And so Elliot's just sit, sitting on the steps. He's crying. He doesn't know how to break the news to his wife. And he's over there going through all of the scenarios. <laughs> he's like out loud to-
1: trying to say it, like practicing <laughs> what he's going to say to her.
0: <laughs> right? He goes, well, how do you feel about living in a studio apartment now since <laughs> now I lost my job? He's just going through all the semantics of it. And then all of a sudden the cops come out there. They bring him his stuff from his office. And then Frank's over there, mm, four minutes, not bad. that was funny bobcat Goldway. he's so funny he's a great he was he was so funny Uh, he was but he was actually one of my favorite characters though elliot was one of my favorites i I like that they had
1: sort of him as like the running gag throughout but he's just genuinely funny and his comedic timing is good he's 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 very good at like giving his
0: lines most definitely. I always felt like he was really underrated as a Very. comedian and and as an actor. I agree, because you didn't see a lot of him outside of the 80s either. No, he played. I think he I wanted to say he played in a police academy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. But other than that, though, you don't really see much of him or anything Mm-mm. like that. Mm-mm. Because you would think after playing in a movie directed by Richard Donner, and then also to playing side with Bill Murray, maybe Bill Murray would approach him. Maybe somebody would approach him to do more movies. Yeah, but he just doesn't have a lot going on, unless I'm missing mm-hmm. out on his filmographies. No, but, I don't think so. But you know, uh, then after that, Carol is like, "Why are you doing that to him on Christmas?" And she, she's like, "Well, he's like, well, you know, he overruled me on what I wanted to do." So. She just kind of rolled her eyes at him and then she winds up saying, Well, what about the bonus? Oh yeah, that reminds me. Um, I need to go in here and take away his bonus <laughs> too. So <laughs> not only is he getting fired now, he's also getting his bonus taken away from him as well. <laughs> so you have two things going on over here. And also too, I want to say, yeah, they kind of play around with it with with that character throughout the movie, but also too, it's kind of like a story arc of Elliot. Mm-hmm. In a sense, where he comes to grips with the fact that he got fired, but then he's like, you know what? I'm going to take charge. I'm going to go after Frank and kill him. It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) The poor guy. Everything happens in the events of one day. Right. Everything happening to him. And it is,
1: um, and it is like, it is that is true 80s, like, that's true 80s comedy to have, like, him get madder, 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 get drunker, 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 and then he comes back with the guns. <laughs> it just is so, it's so classic.
0: <laughs> it definitely is. It's one of my favorite 80s films, though, too. Yeah. Um, Of course, Gra- Grace is also asking about other people that he wants to get Christmas gifts for. What <laughs> would you your- Towel. Towel. What about your brother? Towel. <laughs> uh, what about this guy? VCR, towel, VCR. Teeth. And she goes, What about me? Ta- uh, what about my bonus? Because remember, she goes, Okay, towel for you. Well, what about my bonus? Uh, then after that, she face cloth and a towel. <laughs>
1: yeah. Add yourself a nice face cloth with that towel. <laughs> right, I don't know how she stood to work for him, but she did. And she must have been working for him for a long time because when she found out, because he said, I didn't know her husband and died. I thought he took off time for whatever. And that was what five years prior.
0: <sighs> Right. It... <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but yeah. Sure. But, yeah. It just goes to show you how much he never really focused on Carol or anything around him. All he cared yeah. about was self rather than mm-hmm. everybody else that, he, that worked for him. Yep. And everything, too. But to me, I believe that Grace is this full-life of character who's a secretary, who sees the good in everybody, who wants the attention, who wants to help Frank. Yeah. To be a better person, but Frank doesn't want to be a better person. He just wants to do what Frank wants to do. Yeah, he's a selfish a-hole. Yes, in the beginning. In the beginning, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then, of course, you know, he winds up winning this one award that he gets. And, matter of fact, he he, this is how much he doesn't care. He knows he was going to win the award anyways, so he just goes on ahead, leaves it in the taxi, and that's it. Yep, and. If you look in the background of his office, you see a bunch of awards and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, so he doesn't bring home that trophy. He has other trophies too. So therefore, mm-hmm. he's not going to miss that trophy. And also too, his security officers downstairs are also scared of Frank. Yeah. So and then he goes up the stairs and then that's whenever um, basically someone's banging on the doors and then Frank is not answering the doors or anything. Next thing you know, the doors blow open. And is his ex boss mm-hmm. that that still has like an oxygen tank next? Uh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: yeah, and I think um, I'm trying to you know the one thing I have to say about that is I thought that was funny and I liked it, but when they kind of went closer on on him and he was had all the the makeup and the special effects, I did I didn't think they were great for him. When I was he a looked, kid,
0: I thought they were, but yeah, I mean.
1: You know, and I was thinking, you know, by even by 80 standards, and it wasn't that the whole thing was bad. It was like in particular when he kind of was like pulling on his arm and it kind of, I don't know, I thought it would like maybe be dustier, you know, like a dustier blow up or something. And it wasn't, and it just kind of was gray. And just that was the only thing about that with that the, all the special effects in that movie. I just didn't think that one was great. And I don't know why because it wasn't terrible. I just don't think it was as good as it could have been.
0: I think they could have done it a little bit more dustier with him, with his makeup falling off. Yeah, because he was a corpse, so you would
1: think that it would be like you know, just like things would fall off and dust would fly because he was kind of a mummified corpse,
0: right? I guess you know. To be honest with you,
1: yeah, I agree. I kept expecting that. I don't, I don't know why. Like the whole time he was on screen, and then when. when his, ar- was his arm or wrist or whatever got pulled off, I was ex- totally expecting, like, oh, pff. and then there wasn't one. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> right. Because I was actually expecting maybe his arm falls off, maybe some type of, maybe his skin falls off even more. Yeah. But no, there's no deterioration with him. And then seeing it in a high-definition TV now. Like, yeah, yeah there's something off with it, with the makeup. And, then
1: and I it. wonder if that's why. Maybe it's because of that, h the HDTV, we're seeing it in a different way. And then we saw it in the theater or, I don't know. I don't know why. But that was, like, the only special effect I didn't love in that in the entire movie. All
0: right. Um, but another thing that winds up happening, his boss, winds, like I said, his boss winds up breaking in there. And he winds up telling him, hey, look, there's going to be three ghosts of... Christmas, uh, there's going to be three ghosts that's going to be visiting you, and Frank is all, all of a sudden just being freaked out in a sense because you know he's like, next thing you know, what he wants, his old boss uh pushes him out the window, yeah, and hangs him down. As a matter of fact, he, his <laughs> hand turns into this big, huge, humongous finger and just push, pushes him out of the window. And he's like, okay, put me back, put me back, put me back, <laughs> but <Bye. laughs> um. But yeah, I just thought that scene was actually played out pretty well. Where Frank it was is funny. now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, too, there's also another thing I want to mention is too. Bryce Cummings is also in there to provide assistance. This is also before this other thing that winds up happening before his old Frank's old boss comes. Remember, uh, he comes out of the uh, ref- out of the elevator.
1: Why can't I? He, what am I thinking about?
0: Bryce is actually the uh, this happy-go-lucky kind of guy, and then he tells, looks over to the sec- secretary, goes, "Find out everything you need to know about Bryce." I don't trust. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. Yeah, I thought that was that was good. I mean, that was interesting. I just, I don't know. It was a little bit slower than the other rest of it, but I, I don't know.
0: I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Then of course his mentor Lou Hayward uh is also who died of a heart attack lou wants to warn some of the three ghosts like i mentioned will appear the next day i'm looking through my notes frank avoid the same uh fate before it vanishes the ghost dials out clary phillips frank's lost love from years ago clary comes to new uh, to the network to talk to frank but frank does not make time for her and she returns to the homeless shelter where she
1: yeah what was that scene what was with that scene because he like calls her up and then she makes the time to go over to see him and then he's kind of an asshole to her and it's like well you're the one that contacted her she wouldn't be here if it wasn't for for you but i do love karen allen so i was kind of glad that she was in this movie i i think she i like her she didn't do a lot after that either I don't think but she she was so good in that movie. She uh, you know of course if you if you love the Raiders of the Lost Ark you have to love her.
0: <laughs> exactly. I thought that she was the light and soul to Bill Murray's character, to be honest with you. Yeah. I I thought the chemistry was really good between them two.
1: Yeah. I bet, I bet they were like friends I would say, because you're right. They did have a lot of chemistry and especially I'm, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but that scene where they show them having their first Christmas together and she gives them the Kama Sutra book and it's just, it's just a lovely little scene and it's cute and they just, you can tell that they're in love and, you know, kind of that new love thing. And he's a different person, you can clearly see who who we, what he used to be like before he became the person that we meet at the beginning of the movie. But yeah, and, and, and I just was a little disheartened by that, because I was like, no, but you know, obviously, that changes over the course of the movie. So it is intentional that that scene. So but I like I liked her, so I was glad. And then we learned, like you were saying, that she works at the homeless shelter. So we do learn that in that
0: scene. Right. And then there was somebody before his, cold, his heart got cold, to be yeah. honest with you. And there was someone yeah. in his life that he loved and cared about. But then mm-hmm. the events that happened in his past is a reflection of where he's at now. Yeah. And he doesn't like what he sees now, even no. though you know, he's getting to boss everybody around, he still doesn't like seeing who he sees. Matter of fact, we see an image in the mirror where he's, like, kind of smiling at himself because of the fact he thinks he's the hot shit whenever he's yep. not. Mm-hmm. But on the outside and everything, he has a hard shell mm-hmm. where he feels like he has to put on this game face to show everybody uh, of the fact that he's ma- showing masculinity. Yeah. And everything, and that he can take charge when he needs to take charge.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think he's a little more aware... Of of, of, the fact that he's doesn't care, or I don't know if that's the right way of saying it. Then even Ebenezer Scrooge was, or Scrooge was er, early on in in the um in the play or in the story in Dickens' story, so that's kind of interesting. But I mean, obviously, in Ebenezer Scrooge had his girl, like his girl who he loved, and then he turned the gold. So I like that play on that too. I thought that was a good play on the original story of Dickens so the Christmas Carol I liked that I thought it was effective that was good
0: I do too I liked how also too how the play also connects in with Bill Murray's character yeah as well not that mm-hmm. that was really neat how they played in the transformation of Scrooge the play and playing in this transformation of Frank at the same time so I yeah it's almost was kind
1: of like a play within a play or a play about a play that's about the play. <laughs> right. Is that right? Is that how that works? I mean, it's clever. It's very clever.
0: Definitely clever. I like the writing. The writing is definitely really good in it. Yeah. Um. Then, of course, by the way, uh, the ghost is the one who winds up dialing Clary's number. So okay. it's kind of like foreshadowing and trying to force the relationship to where Frank might actually do something rather than not do anything at all yes or anything like that so i'm thinking that he was trying to help frank out by changing his ways by making her go over to that studio but then he gives her the cold shoulder then of course we wind up running into the ghost of christmas
1: past yeah
0: in the taxi cab
1: yeah i i I think that yeah i agree with you that's right i agree
0: because i think he was trying to give frank another chance like okay You know, we won't do the ghost thing unless you can change your way. So let me go on ahead and put her in there. Also, there's a little bit of a foreshadowing into his past that we're going to wind up seeing about how is this connected with this woman? What's the connection with her? Yeah. And So what winds up happening is the ghost winds up calling her. She comes over to the studio. Frank winds up chewing her out, giving her the cold shoulder. He goes into the cab, and then we wind up seeing – um, into his past when he's a kid. He's sitting in front of the television. Oh, he's <laughs> watching different TV shows. The TV's practically raising him. And there's no, and then, of course, you know, we wind up... And, of course, this is stuff that probably Frank blocked out of his mind. Yeah. Because, remember, he goes, <laughs> oh, my dad must not have decorated that uh, house yet. And the cab driver's just looking at him and goes, really? The ghost of Christmas pass is like, really? It's the 24th. It's Christmas Eve. Your dad didn't decorate no nothing
1: no no and it must have been i mean he must have been i can't remember in that scene that the the the, he didn't have his the brother was not in that scene so i wonder if the brother wasn't born yet because he was pretty little when the dad came home and where what was the mom was she like a drinker is that why she didn't
0: like do anything well the mother was actually pregnant with his brother Oh, was he? I? Don't remember that. And I just saw it the
1: other day. I don't know why. I guess I wasn't paying attention.
0: You can, uh, you can actually see her uh, uh, sitting down, and she's pregnant. Oh, with okay. His brother,
1: okay. Um, so, so I was right. She technically he wasn't there, but he was.
0: <laughs> right, he was there. He was just inside at first time. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, the father's a butcher. He goes happy, uh, happy. Um, well, Merry Christmas, Frank. And it's veal. He veal. Veal. <laughs> For a child. <laughs> what a weird thing to remote. And he goes, but I didn't want that. I wanted this. And, and he Aww. goes, Well, get a job. Go. Yeah. And the mother goes, get a job. He's four years old. What do you want him to do? Because there's always some kind of excuse with these kids. Yeah. <laughs> the dad was such a dick. <laughs> he was. But no wonder why Frank had an anguish with with his father with blocking out issues and and also dealing with stuff on his own end yeah as well because of the damage that his father did to him
1: yeah. I mean, I think that's a really important scene. Even though it was so sad, I was like, when it when it came on, I was like, I don't want to watch this again. And I I knew we were gonna have to talk about it. So I made myself, but if, if I would have been home and it would have been on like TV, I would have left the room or I would have fast forwarded it, but I didn't. But I wanted to cry. I was like, No, not the veal scene again. <laughs> and then it, I love it, it, veal. <laughs> yeah, I did too. And you know, in my house, my mom did cook veal when we were little, but that's not something like you'd normally serve to children, I don't think. Or maybe not in the United States anyway. That's not super common. Well, but my, I do
0: love veal. <laughs> right. My, well, my grandmother made veal cutlets and stuff. Oh, are so, so good. They really I love are. a good veal cutlet. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I was served a veal, veal before as a kid. So, <laughs> if yeah, you're Italian
1: mom. in Boston, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. Now, my mom, <laughs> she, my mom, my dad was meat and potatoes, so my mom would make a lot of roasts. And she did the whole, the little, like you get the, the rib roast and she would put the little, there used to be these little paper things you could put on the crown roast. And uh, it just was so weird that she would do that. I mean, maybe it wasn't weird in this, maybe in the seventies and eighties, that wasn't weird, but that's definitely not how I cook or anybody I know today. (laughs) And I don't cook a lot of veal. I should, Uh, now I'm hungry. Now I'm hungry, John. Let's order pizza. Okay. Sounds good. I'll be over
0: in about seven to eight hours. So I hope that you still have some left (laughs) over. But uh, Brandy asked a question, though, too. She said, uh, we're going to get to this in a few minutes, though. What do you all think about his nickname, Lumpy? Yeah,
1: They didn't explain why she calls him Lumpy, right? So it must have just been one of those sort of weird... I think it's weird, but it's also cute the way she calls him Lumpy.
0: I think it's just a special nickname that she chose for for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, for whatever reason. Yeah.
1: I, I she like, does hit him
0: with a door. So I'm wondering if that has anything to do with it.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I was, I was, I, I think it's cute. I think it's a weird nickname, but I think it's cute. And I, like, and it? I think they purposefully did that to show like that he actually has like some sort of really human side. Like, because I'm sure at work in present day, Scrooged, everybody called him asshole behind his back. <laughs> You know what I mean, and then here's right. this woman who, who sees something completely different in him, and enough to like so, like the softer, nicer side of him.
0: Right. She's basically her, the, her, his light into his darkness. Yeah. And everything, and she's trying to get in there, but it's just not working. <laughs> None no. of this.
1: And it, it's sad too because it's like all of a sudden. Like she shows, you know, she comes and to see him and it's like, you know, we don't know how much time has passed, but it's probably a long enough period. And all of a sudden here she still is like making herself available to him because for whatever reason, she still had feelings. And maybe they, you know, even if they weren't like romantic feelings, she still like shows up and he's just
0: a big old douche about it. When, you know, so I don't know. Right um then there's also okay so it goes from his house and of course frank is also telling the ghost of christmas past i'm not gonna cry he goes oh really well i had somebody else here with me one time and guess what niagara falls <laughs> and then next thing you know if frank is starting to cry he goes niagara falls and, so, and he goes handkerchief? he slaps the handkerchief hang- uh, away from the uh, ghost of christmas past then they get back in the cab and then they're, they're pulling up to this other set where Frank is starting to be a actor in a mm-hmm. mascot outfit for this little kids TV show.
1: Yeah. I like that scene. I love that scene as a matter of fact, because you don't know at first that it's him in the, co- in the, in the costume. Like right That's when true. they first, like when they come in, you don't know that it's because that, he's sitting in the audience, obviously watching the, the past performance and then they do the whole scene. And then you find out that it's actually him in the, in the, uh, the dog suit, I guess it is. Right. And, but before we uh, get over to that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I skipped a, I skipped maybe about two scenes from that. There's okay. actually another scene where he's working in the office. And remember they're having an office Christmas party. What's happening oh, yeah. at the Christmas uh, Christmas party? People are having sex. People are making co- uh copies of their buttocks
1: (laughs) that was funny they were were like people did that i mean people really did that in the 80s because it was a novelty back then xerox machines like in that high level capacity that they just kind of had in office buildings was kind of a newer thing prior to that they were usually like especially in an office like that you would bring the copy you need and somebody would make it because machines were not those xerox machines were not really mass produced back then so they weren't really just sitting in the middle of offices. So that's what I love that when they show her, like, sitting on there.
0: Right. And she's over there taking pictures of her panties and everything. Here you go. And she's signing it like a famous person. <laughs> here, take this.
1: Take this. I'm not going to regret this tomorrow. Right?
0: And then here comes Frank, working from the mail room, delivering stuff, and has, and then Goes to Christmas Pass, looks at Frank, goes, here comes the party pooper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. He was. He was like working and like, didn't care about the party or anything. But, you know, he I guess he was ambitious. That was what was important to him at that right. time. Right, He was just
0: trying to work his way up to where he wanted to be at at yeah. that time. Because everybody does that where they think this is going to be the job. This is going to be the job that winds up being what, what I'm going to be. Yeah, and once I get there, I have this achievement of having all the money I want and everything I want. But heavy is the crown. Uh, heavy is the king who wears the crown, though. Yeah, because it's not what it's cracked up to be once you get to that level. Right, but
1: we also see that he literally worked his way up from the mailroom, which is right. like you know when they say like you work your way up. That's pretty much
0: literally what he did, right? To get where and- he is. And one of the, uh, as a matter of fact, the girl who's taking the, her panties and everything and handing it over to Frank, a copy of her panties, he goes, here you go, Frank, thank you. And then you see the boss, uh, his boss, why don't you take it easy, Frank? He goes, no, I'm okay. I'm going to keep on doing I just have a few more things to wrap up. And then someone says, why don't you go on and want to get Chinese? He goes, no, that stuff's bad for you. And know. then after, um, that, of course, that's the girl who winds up giving him the Xerox of her her butt and then Frank uh, Frank is over there looking at his past. Self. Go back over there you stupid fool. <laughs> <laughs> you, and and then the Ghost of Christmas has, No, not that one Frank. There's somebody else. <laughs> so then we get into the scene where he bumps into Claire. And this is where he actually physically bumps into her. Uh what winds up happening is Claire accidentally hits him in the face with the door causing him to um land on the sidewalk and so that's when she starts calling him lumpy just right off the bat there was like already a nickname for him and he goes hey if you want to i can come back to this i can walk on the other side of the street if you want so that i don't get hit again there's a shop in the same area but yeah (laughs) that was a that was funny that was super cute (laughs) but yeah and then of course she's like do you want to go out for chinese food and next thing you know, Chinese food leads to them having a relationship. And then there's that Kama Sutra book and stuff like that that they just uh look at. And of course, he winds up buying her knives. Yeah.
1: The Ginsu knives. Now, the Ginsu knives were a big deal in the 80s. That was really funny. He's like, I don't think I've ever liked a girl enough to give her 12 sharpened knives before or six or whatever it was. It was such funny. It was funny. And she liked him. She's like, I love uh, you know, whatever. It was really cute. Well, then he's like flipping through the Kama Sutra. He's like, done that.
0: I done that. <laughs>
1: and she's like, was- With who? <laughs> <laughs> yep,
0: definitely done this one. Did this one. Did this one over here? Yep, did that. That was total <laughs> but, yeah. Bill
1: Murray moment right mm-hmm. there when he's going through that and he's saying that. It was classic Bill
0: Murray moment there. Definitely built a classic. It also reminds me of Ghostbusters when remember whenever they're doing the lie detector test in the basement and he's asking mm-hmm. the girl all these questions and mm-hmm. she's basically uh not understanding what she's what he's doing. So he doesn't shock her, and then he winds up shocking the boyfriend. <laughs> so it kind of goes back over to the Ghostbusters uh days of him doing that kind of thing. With yeah, well, story.
1: it also reminded me, kind of. I mean, even though it wasn't totally similar, but there's a scene nice. in Stripes where he, they, he and uh, Harold Ramis's character meet the M.P.s, and they go back to one of their apartments or one of somebody's house, and he's like making the pancakes, and she's sitting on the stove, and you know, he's like trying to flip the pan. I mean, it's just just that funny little moment that's just silliness, but and playful, but still,
0: it's just funny. I like that volume, yeah. And then it goes into the whole scene with the do- with him being dressed up as a dog. Mm-hmm. And I forgot the yeah. name of the dog character that he. Yeah, plays. I was just
1: going to ask you if you could remember that. I don't remember, but they said it. I just don't remember what it was. I'm pretty sure they said it, didn't they?
0: I yeah, feel like he they did,
1: but I don't remember. Yeah, and um, so I was I was a little surprised. I don't know about you, but when they like the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, he's the dog, because you don't know that right
0: away. Right I think he was actually trying to work his way up to probably that kind of position where he did t- TV shows probably yeah and they probably like
1: maybe even somebody said okay well if 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 you want to get to this position you have to do it but he seemed like he didn't hate the job altogether I don't think I think he I think he thought it was um, amusing at least.
0: Uh, yeah, I can definitely see that. And, of course, this is also another thing, too, with Claire. Claire's like, oh, come on. We're going to meet my family and everything. We're all going to be there. And, of course, before that happens, oh, yeah. the big guy comes over. The guy that's yep. in, in charge of the network wants him and the person he's having an affair with to go out to dinner. That, is, that's a,
1: that's, that scene just frustrated me so much because he's like, it's Christmas Eve, right? Wasn't it Christmas Eve in that scene even? I feel like it was, but maybe it wasn't. Because they would have been filming that show on Christmas Eve. But anyway, yeah. And he's like, yeah. And and Frank wasn't even like, dude, you're not going to invite your wife. You're going to take your gr-. Like he didn't, it didn't seem to face him at all. That the, the boss was going to take the girlfriend.
0: Yeah. He was just going to go ahead and take the girlfriend and not the wife. Because the not wife the was wife. out of town. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was, what a what a jerk A <laughs> douche well, we know where frank got his douchiness from <laughs>
1: right he learned it from his boss right? right and then and then but then claire obviously didn't didn't like that and i don't know that was kind of sad again because he's yeah. kind of a jerk because it's like really you're gonna i mean i guess i understand he wants to be the boss so he obviously needs to suck up to the boss so he's kind of in a dilemma but it's also a freaking holiday so go with your
0: girlfriend dude Right? And even the Ghost of Christmas Past goes, you mean to tell me you passed up dinner with your girlfriend to be a dog? Yeah. Really? <laughs> and, and I like how the Ghost of Christmas Past is also making fun of them because it's like, okay, kids, what's this? It's a bone! <laughs> 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 and it reminds me of that old uh, Popeyes I remember uh, the Popeye TV show that they used to have back in the day. I remember it, but I don't,
1: I didn't, I didn't watch that very much. I don't think.
0: Yeah. I think they actually had someone that dressed up like Popeye and everything. And he would come out on stage and then you had these kids that would be there. And it kind of that show kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. I um, think,
1: I think in a, probably in the sixties and seventies, there was a lot of like live action shows, like kids shows like that where they had kids in the audience but I think they kind of went away from that in the 80s, maybe, because you don't remember seeing that so much with the kids shows then at that point. It's probably really hard to film a TV show with an audience full of children.
0: I can imagine so. I know I couldn't do it, to be honest with you. To be that's a be lot of kids. Like kids. Yeah. Not that
1: I don't like kids, but that's a lot of kids.
0: That's definitely <laughs> a lot keep, of kids.
1: Yeah. And then if you're, like, taking time between scenes and stuff, I don't know. It just seems like, I don't know. But so maybe I'm wondering if that's why they kind of went away from it. But I think that was that was funny, and clever, too, because it was like the late 80s. But I don't really think they did much of that in the 80s. So that might have been a little bit of a throwback kind of. Well, I guess, no, it would have been in the 70s when that happened. Probably. Right. right. They don't they don't really say exactly how long he's been the big boss, but it probably was. That probably was in the 70s. I
0: can imagine. I think that it could be in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: I keep trying to remind myself of like timelines here because the 80s was a long time ago.
0: (laughs) Right, but there's no consistency with these movies, though, on the timeline or anything like that on how long he's been there. Yeah, I don't think. With Ghost of Christmas past, he kind of time jumps from 1962 to the office party, then over to whenever he had the promotion with the TV show. Yeah. So you have a lot of time jumping.
1: Yeah, that's why I was trying not to, like, get too hung up on it because I don't want to, like, I wasn't I was, didn't, didn't want to overthink every single thing because I was trying to enjoy it.
0: <laughs> After that winds up happening, we have this other scene that plays out where, you know, he's back inside the studio where they're filming the Christmas uh, scene for, well, not filming, but they're rehearsing the yeah. Christmas Carol. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I'm back, baby, I'm back. And so then they have like a problem with the hamsters and everything. Why don't you go on ahead and put antler staple antlers to the mouth? So now we have animal abuse. I forgot about <laughs>
1: <the> hamsters.
0: <laughs> because the Television animal for animals. Because <laughs> remember about a billion dollars worth of dog food that they bought because people thought that was a good idea <laughs> because people were buying um uh dog food for their animals and also two animals were in front of television sets and watching tv so they figured it'd be a good idea to market animals on this on the show
1: (laughs) and it's funny because i think they actually have today like i think there are television shows for like cats and dogs that you can put on for your Mm -hmm. animals so it's it's kind of funny that they they did that because you're like who would watch like my dog doesn't watch TV, but I don't know. I, th- I just thought that was kind of a funny underlying sort of ongoing theme about that whole live special, the hamsters. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was kind of funny. <laughs>
0: it was. And then after that, you have, of course, him going over to the homeless shelter. He winds up mm-hmm. meeting up with uh, the homeless because he's talking to himself and stuff like that. He goes into the uh, homeless shelter. This one woman comes in there. Goes, oh, you poor thing here he <laughs> wraps him in the towel hey we have another cold one over here and then you see the homeless people and then of course one of them is from the goonies the mother yeah. from the goonies is in yep. this mm-hmm. and then you have this other guy who was who has a who is a who has a uh one of those pocket watches mm-hmm. and stuff like that and you wind up seeing him at like at the very end of what happens to him but overall yeah, he was very he was very mean to claire once again yep he was a total jerk. And he deserved,
1: she deserved, he deserved to be like have to leave out of there because he was such a jerk to her. And he went there. On, I mean, he went to see her like ugh, jerk. Yeah,
0: yeah because he, remember, they, there was a problem with the fuses. Mm-hmm. And Betty sat, turns around. She goes, Claire, there's a problem with the fuses. And there's also a problem with the turkeys. She goes, well, Frank, I can't go to get Chinese food with you now. So we're going to have to postpone this for another day. And he goes, What do you mean? No, all you have to do is go ahead, go to the hardware store, get the fuses, no big deal. And yeah. all you have to do for the turkeys is just go to the A and P. If you don't yeah. know where the where the A and P is, go to do your phone book under A. If it's not under A, look under P for A and P. Yeah. Because <laughs> these girls, these girls are big girls, right? And I like how the black girl just bangs her chest, like, come at me, bro. No, uh, <laughs> <Like>, it's just <laughs>
1: that whole scene is like oh man like and he's such a jerk about it. he's so cavalier like it's that easy to just fix it we're just going to go and leave all these people because he's even though he's crying earlier in a scene we think he's kind of getting his heart back we find out he's still just a giant jerk you exactly. know he was he was so dismissive i mean especially because they thought he was homeless and they were trying to help him like they somebody brought him a blanket and they're trying to help him. And then he's just a jerk. And he's, like, so disrespectful of them. And I really didn't like that scene. So
0: I was I'm glad that, that it didn't go
1: well for him because he was a jerk. Total jerk.
0: And, and I'm also glad that scene wasn't that long either. It was, like, no. a really quick scene. And then they jumped into the ghost of Christmas present and everything, yeah. too. But the name of the other homeless guy that I mentioned with the pocket watch, his name is Herman. Yeah, Herman. I was
1: thinking hell. But, yeah, I knew it was an H. Yeah, I knew it was H. Yeah. Yeah, Herman. Because yeah. we meet Herman again, kind of.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for Herman in this movie. Yeah, I
1: think I think that that they might have written that scene to obviously to introduce us to Herman because it seemed like it was an important t- to to. Uh you know to what happens later so but i want no spoiler (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm always jumping ahead on you john i'm always like let's talk about this
0: (laughs) if you want to talk about it we'll talk about it we can go like that but then after that winds up happening as the rehearsal starts frank is visited by the ghost of christmas past appearing Mm -hmm. as a okay so then after that winds up happening the ghost of christmas present arrives as a clumsy yet violet uh Very violent. Uh, fairy. She takes him to Grace's apartment, showing his assistant struggles to support her large family, including her youngest son Calvin, who is has remained mute since witnessing his father's death.
1: Yeah, and that's where he makes that that comment about like, oh, he died. I thought she just took off work for for something else. I can't remember what it was. So he didn't even know. Like he, I don't think he knew she even had children or anything. Well, no, I guess he does because she he he pulls down the the drawing from the one from the son at the beginning yeah, he, so he, he does know she has at least one kid
0: right because remember he says how many fingers do we have 10 mm-hmm. this person has 11 and he, thro- he goes that's it no more throws the drawing out yeah
1: and the grandma in that scene i loved her she played the mom in, in a tv show i don't know if you ever saw cuz it was on the 70s but there was a show called what's happening and it had her son Raj. Then, yeah, Raj. And then I forget the daughter's name. They, he had a sister. So she played the mom for I think just a season or two. She wasn't on the whole time. And there there was um, Rerun was one of the big famous characters that came out of that show. Um, but she played the mom on What's Happening. And I loved, loved that show. And I loved her. So as soon as I saw her, I forgotten she was in it. I was like, Oh, there she is. So I, I like that because I liked seeing her again on screen
0: you know what I didn't even realize that was her until you said it so it's actually pretty cool to actually see her in the 80s being a yeah. grandma you know? yeah yeah
1: because she was so This what's happening would have been on mid I think mid 70s mid, mid to late 70s mm-hmm. and I don't think it was on for it was probably only on for three or four seasons maybe a little longer but it was a great show and it was really entertaining really interesting and so it was really fun to see her and I had completely forgotten that she was on it Right. She obviously um, had a really small role, but it was still good. I, I was really glad though
0: to see her. I, to be honest with you, for her to have such a small role, you can definitely embrace the fact that she was a grandmother, she loved her grandkids. Yeah. And that's something yeah, I, that mean, I really appreciated.
1: Yeah, she was really and I think even though she did had a really small role, her role was pivotal in this show because she was helping out her daughter raise her children and we could see in their in their home they didn't have a lot of money, but they were very happy. Obviously, they seem to be very joyful people. So I I like that. And I like that um, that balance with showing this family happy, even though they don't have much. And then you have Frank over there watching and still kind of not really, not quite getting it yet. Somebody needs to give him another Mm -hmm. lump in his
0: head, I guess. (laughs) 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 Make him lumpy again. (laughs) Right. But I like how... This fairy is though towards him, she, she just knocks the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, she is, she is
1: like not gonna be nice to him. No, no, no. And she's so funny because she's got such a distinctive voice when she talks. That's that's right. really what makes that character or her characters are the voices she does with them,
0: definitely. And then you know, Frank is over there watching them, uh, you know. B- b- Work on this kid's stomach and doing those sound effects yeah, on the kid's that, stomach. <laughs> next thing you know, it. She's the like. Next <laughs> scene, <laughs> Frank, Frank's over there laughing, and you know, there's that, there's that scene. He goes, "Well, what's going on with her son?" He goes, "He hasn't talked since his dad died." And he goes, "His dad, his dad died. What happened?" Well, you remember that time when she was wearing all black? And uh, he here? goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah." I thought that was just a fashion thing. <laughs>
1: a jerk! He's right? such a jerk. Like, oh, she had to miss work for the funeral, and you probably didn't even give her the day off, you
0: jerk. You <laughs> probably only gave her like only enough time to bury the get the dirt on the coffin, and then she had to yeah. go back to work.
1: Yeah, probably. Probably nobody else would have even filled in for her because he's such a jerk.
0: Right. <laughs> so after that winds up happening, she winds up saying, "Only he can break the spell. The kid can break the spell from him talking, and being able to talk." Mm-hmm. So after that one's happening, Frank is, you know, he's starting to have a little bit more of a soul
1: and a then,
0: bit. yeah, just a little bit. And then he goes over to his brother's house and get this, oh, that was actually his real brothers though. That was actually <sighs> Bell Murray's real family.
1: I remember seeing that in the IMDB or um, when you watch it on Amazon, the, they have the trivia that comes up while you can watch it. So I think I remember seeing that and he's done, his brother's been in a few other movies with him, playing his brother,
0: right? And his brothers—they're playing a trivia game. Well, first they're first they're opening up presents, and mm-hmm. there's this gigantic box that Frank had, uh, that was from Frank, and he's looking at. It, he goes, "That's not a towel." <laughs> <laughs> Busted, Grace! <laughs> he didn't send and, the towel. <laughs> it was this nice, fancy JVC um top of the line vcr back in those days and just wow thanks frank for the uh for the vcr Mm -hmm. and everybody you know what i like the brother doesn't stop believing in frank that there's something good about frank and all his other family members are like what do you see in him yeah. Because he always going to like, do it no like bother.
1: that. Yeah. Don't be in touch with him. Why do you always I think it was that somebody asked like why do you always invite him over? He never comes. You invite him every year. I think was it the wife that said that. You invite him every yeah. year for For Christmas and he never comes and he's you know he's just like well he's still my my brother you know but then I don't know if you if you recognize the wife um, was she very famously in a very short scene played Helen in When Harry Met Sally
0: okay I didn't realize that okay and she also
1: played the she played one of the, the she was married to Rick Moranis's character in Parenthood okay and they, they're the ones that had the little girl who was, like, she was maybe, I don't know, seven, maybe f- somewhere between five and seven. And they were, like, they thought she was super gifted, so they were, like, teaching her other languages and all this stuff. And they were really uptight while everybody else in the – I don't know if you ever saw the movie Parenthood, but everybody else's kids were, like, what? And she's just, like, <laughs> you're like, this really well-behaved, smart kid. But – it's a great movie if you haven't seen it. But yeah, I, I just recognized it right. Yeah, it, oh, you should. It's so good. It's so, so good. Jason Robards, Steve Martin. It's a great movie. It's a really good movie.
0: Okay. I'll definitely check that one out. Um, yeah. Then after that winds up happening, they're playing this game. They're playing a trivia game. And they couldn't think of the SS Meadow. And then also, too, with the Hopsichord, who play on the Anna's family, Who what kind of instrument does Lurch play? On the Adams Family, and then of course they wind up getting the answer wrong, and then of course Bill's over there trying to scream at them about the right what the right <laughs> answers are, and then the Ghost of Christmas uh, Present is basically saying she can't hear you, <laughs> he and and we gotta go now. No, we don't. I want to stay here a little longer. I'm having fun. He goes, no, you, we gotta go. No, and so she picks up the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> and hits him upside the head with the toast.
1: <laughs> and you know what I kept thinking the whole time? I'm like, do people
0: really give each other toasters for Christmas? <laughs> Probably so. I, I was <laughs> It's probably a winning gift or something, and they're like, you know what? I'm like, I'm, I'm just gonna go in and get this all, uh for a Christmas present, right? Regift, regift, <laughs> right. yeah, because he obviously didn't have, she didn't have the,
1: she should have picked up the VCR and hit him with it. That would have been really funny.
0: And then after that winds up happening, that's when, of course, once he falls, he was fall, he falls down in, into a sewer, and mm-hmm. then that's when we find Herman. He's dead. Uh, he's dead. And Frank's upset about it. Like once he realizes
1: that he's actually really, he's like frozen to death. And at first you're like not exactly sure. I mean, I mean, maybe you're hopeful. Like I was hopeful, like, oh, he can't really be dead. You know, whatever. Even though he's like encased in ice practically. And then he's kind of like, come on, come on, Herman. And then he realizes that Herman is actually not alive and i think that's when sort of it really starts to sink in that like you know life is fragile and you know these people you're you've been seeing are people that you've had relationships with and loved and and still love you back but you're just kind of a jerk and maybe this will be you maybe you're gonna end up frozen someday and nobody's gonna care
0: that's true because that's also another thing too whenever he actually dies and and the uh, ghost of Christmas future and everything, whenever everybody's around him and everything, they start burning them as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it also reminds me of the fact that you may think that you have it all together and you might think that you'd be able to see these people at any time. So therefore mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal because it's like, okay, these people are always going to be around in my life. Just because you see them for that short time does not mean that they're going to be there all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And exactly. I think
0: that's what it is. I think that's the reality of Frank with this. Yeah. scene, this is just me thinking. Yeah, of the fact that he just saw Herman not too long ago. Hmm. That could have been his brother down there. Yeah. Then he just and he never got a chance to spend time with him. No. Nope. He thought that maybe his brother would be in his life all all the time, always getting invited, and he'll catch up with it whenever he has to catch up with him. Yeah. But exactly. He, Taking him for granted. Right. And I believe that he also took Herman for granted, though, too, because he didn't oh, yeah. really help him. No. Or anything. No. And seeing him down there with the pocket watch and him being frozen, he's like, why didn't you go to Claire? Claire would have helped you. Why you are so selfish. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, dude, you're also just a, you're selfish. Yeah. No. That's you. You're yelling at yourself, kind of. Right. So after that winds up happening, he's back over uh, on the set yet again, oh, <laughs> uh... and then he's being uh, he goes back upstairs, and then that's whenever the goes to Christmas Future comes comes and visits him.
1: Yes, and then we have him like they end up at the funeral, but we don't know whose funeral it is. And we find out, though, that he doesn't want to die. I mean, he's, he's like kicking and screaming the whole way. So at this point, we've realized that he's made some sort of realization. Everything yet we don't know because we he, we haven't heard the big speech, <laughs> which we'll get to. But um, yeah, we're like, they we he's like, who's in there? Who's in there? And then he's in there and they're pushing him into the fire and like his feet are on fire and he's. Like I don't want to die, you know, kind of thing. So, I, I, I guess the the um the special effects weren't great there either, but they were still better than earlier.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the Ghost of Christmas uh, Future, he basically is like death, yeah, and he's in the elevator. And for the special effects at the time, I could probably worked. Yeah,
1: yeah, they but, probably were for the time. Yeah, but now, no, not so
0: much. No. But Franco no. goes on the head, opens up um ghost of future presence robe he winds up uh, not present but future uh, futures robe and he sees a bunch of souls that's inside the skeleton and stuff like that and he's like oh did my team do that that's actually pretty cool yeah
1: yeah I guess we should probably I guess I forgot we forgot to say that like he keeps running into the ghost of um Christmas future that's playing the the actor from the the live version they're doing later in that night. So we kind of, he kind of like thinks it's him again until he sees the souls and realizes it's not him.
0: <laughs> right. And then especially that one scene in the elevator, because you think he's going to go up to the office and have another scotch drink or whatever. Yeah. All of yeah. a sudden it, the elevator starts going really fast all the way down. And then that's when it opens up into the cemetery. Yeah.
1: And we see them that the, his funeral But he doesn't know quite yet it's his funeral. And that's and it was it's actually like the fire on his feet, which I was like, oh, that's kind of not great. But I'm not sure how you could have. I'm not sure that there was a better way to do that for the time, because this must have had a decent budget where they could have if they could have. If the technology was there, they probably would have spent the money on it because it would have been a fairly decent budget film if Bill Murray was agreeing to star in it. At that point, he was a huge star.
0: The budget was $32 million.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty big budget for a 1980s film that's not like a super action film or something.
0: Right back then, that was a big budget film, especially with Bill Murray being attached to it. Yeah, it also made 100.3 million at the box office.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all because I I remember like everybody wanted to see that movie when it came out, and it got really good reviews that I remember for the most part, and people liked it. It was a good movie, and I think even when they made this movie, they knew that it was going to be a classic, or they hoped it would. I guess you never really know but I, I think they made it knowing that people, generations to come, at least I hope they knew people would want to see it because people do want to see it. And it's Bill Murray and people love Bill Murray. I mean, it, all generations seem to really like Bill Murray because he's funny. He's a funny, funny actor.
0: He is. I, I love Bill Murray on the old Me stuff too. that he
1: does. Me too. There's I, you and I talked about this. There's one movie I didn't love that everybody else did. So Um, but I didn't like the repetition of of Groundhog Day, and it wasn't because of Annie McDowell or Bill Murray. I just didn't like the film itself. I think that's the only thing that he's done that I've seen that I didn't love.
0: I can see that. Like I said, I can understand the repetition and why you didn't like it. For me, and this is why I like it and everything, though, is, yeah, there's a lot of repetition, but there's also a lot of character building along that, though. Because Bill is yeah. learning from being a snob.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's a the transformation of his character. He's learning each day yeah, of how to become a better human being.
1: I am the in only sense. person, the only person I know that doesn't like that movie. So
0: I'm in the minority me
1: on that one. <laughs> I just, to be honest I with know. you, it took,
0: me, it took me a while to warm up to it. But once I understood it and what it was going for, I wound up liking it late, later on. Because at first I'm like, ah, what? What is this? Why is he be- repeating everything all over again?
1: Yeah. So
0: I did get confused as a kid watching it, but as an adult, as someone who was in his teens, I wound up I wound up liking it for what it is. Um,
1: well, I saw it when I was I saw it in the movie theater, and that's the only time I've ever seen it. So maybe I'll give it another go because I do love Bill Murray. Okay.
0: Um. There's also another thing too that I forgot to mention. Uh, when it comes down to the Ghost of Christmas Future. Is where Calvin becomes cat- catatonic and he is institutionalized.
1: Um, when did, when is that? When do they talk about that? And they talk about that with the Christmas future.
0: Yeah, that's. Actually- oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Ugh, I'm sorry, because they show. Okay, so you're right. So they show the mom. He is in the like the padded room or mm-hmm. i don't i I don't like calling it that, but he's he's institutionalized, and the mom is in there visiting him, but there's like no furniture or anything in this room he's in, so we obviously are seeing that that he's actually doing worse than he was, so obviously other things are happening to him that he has to be institutionalized, and then the mom goes to visit him for Christmas or whatever it is, and then she leaves and it's really sad because like it's just like the stark horrible, awful scene where you're just seeing him as a, I think he was probably a teenager at this point I would i would think, right? Wouldn't you guess he was a teenager?
0: Yeah, I would say that he was a teenager. Yeah. To be honest.
1: Oh. Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't, it was so sad because you're just like, oh no, if, if he doesn't intervene then this is the path he's going to go down. And I think that that, that scene actually he was really, Frank was really upset and realized that if somebody doesn't intervene it won't things won't change and he might have to be the person because maybe if she has money to send him to therapy or whatever it is he needs and if he and if she doesn't have the money then he should pay her more so that she does have the money or pay for it and I think he realizes at that point that he could maybe do better or do something to help
0: somebody else I think so. I also think it's like if I don't straighten my ways and everything, this could wind up hurting my secretary because whatever we do in life has a reflection on somebody else. Yeah, that's a
1: really good point. I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're right.
0: So I'm thinking that's the repercussions if he doesn't straighten out. And not only that, but if he didn't straighten out during this time, nobody would have cared about him. He would have actually been cremated and it'd be like another day at the office. Basically, no one yep. would really miss him except for his brother. Claire nope. would move on with the person that she married. Um, then, of course, he would still be mute. He would be in the middle and be institutionalized. Yeah, and because he changed at the very end, that's why we get that great scene of him saying "God bless us, everyone." And it was like one of the first words that he spoke.
1: Yeah, Frank is actually the one
0: that. that helped him break that spell.
1: Yeah. And then he picks him up. I mean, I guess we haven't quite gotten that far yet, but, you know, and then so when definitely. he picks him up, it's, I just love that. It's so sweet. And it actually is so true to like the play or the story, but I guess the in the, in the play, we see that like Ebenezer Scrooge picks up Tiny Tim and kind of, you know, it's always different in every play, but he usually picks him up in the same way that Frank did. So it's, it's kind of really mirroring. I mean, the whole story obviously does, but I think that moment, especially. Because that's kind of a kind of an important scene in the play, anyway. Maybe not good as reading. much in the in the reading. I don't remember. I haven't read a Christmas Carol the the uh, short the story itself in many, many, many years. Um, but I do like the play. I think it's a good play, obviously. But yeah, so that moment where he sort of picks him up after he talks, because everybody because they're kind of like, what did he just talk? And then you see the look on the mom's face where she just like feels. Tremendous relief and joy at that moment, like, right. oh, good, we're making, we're going in the right direction. Like he's going to talk now. Things are hopeful, at least.
0: Right, and then also do another thing that makes me laugh is remember whenever his feet's burning, and then all of a sudden he's in the elevator. Still, he goes, "I'm alive, I'm alive," and then all of a sudden he's face to face with Elliot with a shotgun. <laughs> I
1: forgot. <laughs> I didn't forget, but I forgot. We forgot Elliot. Poor Elliot. Course. yeah he's Elliot got
0: it. his booze taken away from mm-hmm. him from ghost from he's so uh, drunk Christmas. at this point <laughs> <laughs> every <laughs> time he wants to get drunk he really can't because the ghost of Christmas uh uh past winds up taking his booze away from him then yeah. he has this other thing that happens he accidentally drops the booze then <laughs> <laughs> like everything and then also too ghost of Christmas past also winds up splashing water on him by driving really fast yes in the taxi cab <laughs> so you have a lot of things that are happening with elliot then finally elliot winds up on uh, taking the shotgun shooting him in uh in frank's office shooting uh shotguns and the shotgun at frank frank is dodging everything then after that frank goes hey elliot and he starts hugging him he goes, <laughs> and he goes would you like your job back he goes, i thought i was right no you can have mine <laughs> so, <laughs> just, what about my bonus you can have all the bonuses you want i don't care <laughs> so <laughs> and elliot's like what the hell is going on i'm going to kill him <laughs> He's
1: so, like, yeah i came here to kill him and i got my job back
0: <laughs> right and then he takes elliot with him to the uh operating uh, to the uh to the camera r- room and all that stuff puts him up in that little area and holds everybody hostage while he's making a speech. He goes, "Elliot, I don't hear anyone ha- having fun." All of a sudden, Elliot shoots the shotgun. <laughs> Anybody having fun? And you see this one girl kind of dancing. <laughs> then you see uh, the Cummings guy uh, afraid and everything too. Yep. And he goes, and he goes, "What kind?" Of-? And then, of course, a big person over at the company is pissed off because Frank is over there ruining the show on Christmas Eve. And the go, guy from the of, guy
1: that was making the hamsters, right? That was the guy, right? And his wife who well, were watching it at home.
0: Yeah. The wife was watching it at home. The person who's in charge of the production and also the studio was like, calls up the uh, main office, he goes, What idiot puts puts this guy on and he goes, Oh, that would be Mr. Cummings. And he goes <laughs> Because I need to talk to him. I want. I need to talk to that moron. Well, he's a little tied up right now (laughs) because Elliot put a Christmas wreath around him, tied him up, and then of course Bell Murray makes that awesome speech. And
1: and then then during the speech, or or at some point, the brother they cut back to the brother who's like, "Oh, we should have taped this."
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because he actually has the TV with the vhs tape box standing the tv up pulling the tv up with the vhs tape box
1: oh, It was so funny oh we should have taped this
0: <laughs> because we never know when we're gonna have this again i think that might <laughs> have been one of my favorite lines in that whole movie that was a great line to be honest yeah. with you yeah. and he goes, by the way i just want to let you know it wasn't me that bought the vhs it was uh claire that grace. bought the no grace, grace that bought the uh, vhs <laughs> you were gonna get a towel. And And I can definitely tell it stung a little bit.
1: Yeah. But you know what? The thing about that, that last scene is just such classic Bill Murray and you totally know that he's just winging it. Whatever lines they wrote, he didn't say any of them, but it was so funny. He he just really was funny. That was good. But we, you know, we did also forget to mention that earlier when he was back in his office, that he opened the present from his brother and it was a, uh, picture frame that he made. And it was a picture of him and his brother. And he wrote like to the best big brother ever or something like that. And it was it was beautiful little frame. And he was kind of like, Oh, he made me this frame. And it was like, Oh, I think he was touched by that. I think that helped sort of soften his heart, realizing that his brother went through that trouble to make the frame and then put the picture in there of the two of them.
0: I can see that. I can definitely see his heart not being as harding as it was. It kind of the Grinch heart, right? The Grinch right. right. heart It's exactly. bigger. <laughs> exactly. But overall, this movie is fun. It's entertaining. Yeah. I watch this even whenever it's not Christmas time sometimes, just to have a good laugh from time to time. But then also, too, we also see Ghost of Christmas Present, Ghost of Christmas mm-hmm. Past, Future, and also we see uh, – Who's what was the guy's name, Herman? That's next. Then we see Herman over there, and also to his other mentor that he had in the office when he passed away. We see all them together watching this go down as well. Whenever he's also embracing Claire, yeah, they wind up kissing underneath the mistletoe. Then Mr. Cummings also gets a kiss from the woman that's been who's been getting hurt on the set all this time.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great little ending. It's a good ending, And and I love that they ended it with that speech because. It was so classic Bill Murray and it was so funny and you can see that Frank changed and now he's like going to try and be a better person. And then we talked about this off camera, but then he makes that, co- that he says, feed me Seymour, which I thought was so weird, but it immediately got the reference because I loved a little shop of horrors. But yeah, we talked about that, that he had, he had done a, um a cameo in that
0: one. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I remember him making the cameo appearance in that movie and everything. Little Shop of Horrors is one of my favorite movies. That my we have, has ever done.
1: We need to talk about that one then because I love Little Shop of Horrors.
0: I do too. We need to actually do a review on that, I think. I would love I think to, to it would be because fun.
1: I loved, loved, loved that movie and my mom ha- loves musicals and hated it.
0: My she mom hates that movie.
1: My mom does too, and I couldn't figure it out because I thought it was so so good. It's a such a good movie. I don't know why my mom didn't like it,
0: but she's just wrong. She is. Mom's <laughs> wrong too. So what's up? But anyways, where can everybody follow you at if they want to follow you and all that other good stuff?
1: I am one half of the Made for TV Movie Club podcast. My other um, other half, Case. Hi, Case. She's probably watching. I hope she's watching. We can find us on Twitter at TV Movie Club Pod. One, we are on Facebook at the Made for TV Movie Club podcast. We are on Instagram at made underscore four underscore TV underscore movie underscore club. Or you can let's see if I get this right. Uh, Google the hashtag MF TVMC podcast
0: and you'll find us. Okay, and tomorrow night, eight o'clock Central Time, nine o'clock Eastern Time, we're we are doing our Dexter after show review. Uh, this is for Dexter New Blood. Go ahead if you're a huge fan of Dexter, we're going to be doing that on our Facebook page at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night over there. That's where we're doing our Dexter aftershows until we can get this other mess strained out with the channel. So we're still battling that. Um, then of course, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday night, I'll have Hawkeye Wednesday because. We didn't have our Hawkeye after show for Friday night because everybody was out of town. So we're actually going to be doing the season finale and also the episode that aired last week. So we're combining the two of them, reviewing that. Then Thursday night, eight o'clock, Time, nine o'clock Eastern time, we I'm going to actually be doing a review uh, with uh, Christopher Menori for a Christmas movie as well, another Christmas film. And this is actually that. Uh, this is actually the Mel Gibson. Uh, movie called old man i think i've never seen that one um basically it's about this guy who winds up it's okay it's actually called fat man Mm. and basically this kid winds up putting a hit on santa That's cool. And he's this rich kid who winds up putting a hit on Santa. Santa's drunk. He's old. He doesn't, he's like Danny Glover, who's just getting too old for this crap. So <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that one because that was my first time viewing it. So tune in eight o'clock, since 5, nine o'clock Eastern time for that. Uh, Tuesday night, I'm not sure what we're doing yet, but stay tuned for more uh, listings. So, of course, follow me on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night. I'm the same brand name on Pinterest and on Instagram as well. You guys want to go on ahead and donate to the base? How do you guys do that? Just go over to gofummy.com forward slash movie lovers podcast. Donate five to ten dollars over there. But I understand it's the holiday season. You guys don't have to do that. Do us this one big favor, though. Smash that subscribe button. Smash that bottom hand right hand corner with this little bell in the bottom here, right hand corner to let you guys to know when we have some new stuff coming out. Also, too, give us a like. Don't forget to comment below. That also helps out in a big way over here at Movie Lovers Tonight. Also, too, if you want to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, and all that stuff, go on ahead rate us over there. And also, too, Good Pods now has a way for me to interact with you guys. All you guys have to do is uh, comment, and I'll reply back to you guys. And also, too, you can rate us over there. It's also another – Pods is a great place it's like social media for people that love listening to a podcast, or if you're a podcaster yourself, it's a great way to interact with your fan base and also too for people to be able to find you on um, other sites. Also, too, Spotify now has it to where you can actually rate us over there too. So now you, people can rate us on Spotify. And then another thing, too, is guys, go ahead and follow me on the Movie Lovers Unit Zero on TikTok and of course movie lovers unit on Twitter as well. Then, of course, if you're a sponsor or would like to be on the show, just go on ahead and reach out to me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And always until next time, guys, thank you, Beth, for joining me. I do appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And always until next time, guys, it's been real, it's been fun. I can't wait to do this again and have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.